with so many podcasts out there, shows can get lost in the shuffle. That's why we implore you to check out Too Many Captains. You can find us at a moviepodcast.com. Five unique takes on Hollywood movies and culture. Find us on Twitter at It's a Film Podcast. Check our intellectual deep dives into theatrical films. Find us on Instagram at Too Many Captains Productions. Unique takes on soundtracks. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Too Many Captains Productions. Find us at a moviepodcast.com on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And now, here comes a new episode of Collateral Cinema. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Josh Berkey. And this is Collateral Cinema and... Victims and Villains. holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah happy festivus and happy whatever the hell you celebrate this time of year welcome to collateral cinema the only movie podcast that matters where we focus on good movies bad movies and everything else in between in the world of cinema we're podcasting straight from somewhere in south texas and I don't remember anybody ever telling me that I had to fight for my freedoms and my civil liberties. But when they took that little baby Jesus and the cross (laughs) away from the public lands, it just completely stabbed me straight in the heart. Let me tell you. (laughs) That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is our Christmas episode. We are joined by Josh Berkey from the Victims and Villains podcast. How are you doing, Josh? What's going on, gentlemen? This oh, is uh, pretty good. the tradition every year. The only holiday tradition I look forward to every year. Yeah, I know. We've been doing this for <laughs> like, what, like three years now? Yeah, dude, it, yeah. it feels so crazy to think it, it started with the Grinch. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was an interesting episode. I mean, sometimes I kind of forget that we even did that movie, <laughs> you know? It <laughs> was a couple, couple seasons ago, but yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and then last season we did Silent Night, Deadly Night, the very uh-huh, first one. Uh-huh. So we went to the horror direction. And on this particular um, Christmas episode, I felt that we needed to kind of do something a little different, you know, just kind of <laughs> veer away. I almost did the French movie Inside, but I don't know how y'all would have uh, taken that. Oh, I love French movies. Oh, this is uh, an extremely batshit insane French movie. Very, very crazy. I I have it right here, actually. Is it it one of those uh, new French extremity films like Martyrs? Absolutely, yeah. This one right here, Inside. Give it to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is a a gorehound movie right here, but it's a Christmas movie as well. It it happens on Christmas Eve. Damn, all right. Yeah, the whole thing occurs on Christmas Eve, so... It's if if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, this can be a Christmas movie. So damn straight. But this movie that we're doing this year is a war on Christmas movie, <laughs> guys. 
And it's called <clears throat> Last Ounce of Courage. Now, mm-hmm. Josh, what did you first think about <laughs> when you saw this movie? I mean, let, let, give, give us your thoughts on this. Well, so when you guys approached me in the summer, like we, we planned this, we started planning this on like what we were going to do in the summertime because you guys were like mapping out the season for you guys. And I Googled it and I was like, okay, like this doesn't really look like a Christmas movie, but in all fairness, we're not doing a Christmas movie this year for our crossover portion. We're bringing you guys into our Matrix series. So, uh, Animatrix with the, this, this, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Animatrix. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm excited um, about that. Yeah. So I, I have also, in having been friends with you guys for a while, been been a fan of the show for a while, and seeing you guys, uh, what you guys bring to the Victims and Villains streams, I am always kind of surprised, and I always, nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm always coming into a collaboration with you guys knowing it's going to be bad. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like maybe the so, Grinch is it might be a little bit of a that was exception. That, that was exception. A, yeah, that was a good movie. I th- we had an o- overall positive review on that. And Silent Night, Deadly Night was interesting. I think I think uh, there there are definitely things that make it work, you know. But this this is straight up a bad movie <laughs> in every sense Without of the word. Yeah. Now I'm holding the DVD. Um, case to this movie i'm gonna put it up here like hopefully you're getting in the camera here's the front here's the back what's missing so from this uh anything anything for a christmas so like yes exactly before we christmas we is missing from this what the hell go ahead josh I was going to say, it was like, Ash brought it up before we started recording, and, like, when you Google this, because that's what I did, like, I would never heard of this movie before, and I'm honestly curious how many of your listeners have actually heard about this movie prior to this listening to this episode, but, like, it feels like all of the marketing for this movie has to do with, uh, like, the war on terror and kind of, like, you know, the fallout of losing people to war and kind of like how those family pick up those pieces. And that's what it is like for like the first like 20 minutes. And then when you're like, Oh yeah, it's a war on Christmas movie. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, this is really to me. I mean, it's more of just an American propaganda movie than anything. I mean, it, Seriously, this cover right here, I would think that it was like a 4th of July movie. Right? You know, <laughs> even the goddamn DVD menu, it has an American flag on it. There's no Christmas lights. There's no Christmas trees. I mean, now compare that to Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, which just looks like somebody just vomited forth the entire f- fucking holiday just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, it's weird that you have these two movies kind of coming from the same place, but from a very divergent kind of angle, you know? Like, this is the more militaristic one, and Kirk Cameron's is almost like a weird pro-consumer, pro-materialism kind of movie. Really? Oh, that yeah, sounds awful. But yeah, th- this movie right here, though, kind of rubs me in the wrong way. Are you telling me that Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas was on the table for this crossover? It would have been, and I'm seriously, <laughs> seriously considering saving it for next Christmas or something like that because, yeah, that movie is actually a little more harmless than this one, I would say. Okay. 
You know, I, I haven't mean, seen it. This right here, this is more of your straight up typical Bill O'Reilly style war on Christmas bullcrap. He even makes a cameo in this movie. Albeit, albeit <laughs> yes. in a uh, TV broadcast. It's it's literally just footage from his old Fox News show. All they all they watch is Fox News in this, by the way. All of it. It's all Fox. It's all just Fox News. I, I want to say before we get any further. All right, we don't want to step on any toes. We know Josh, you're a religious man, so yes. The angle that we're going at here is not the, a critique on on Christianity, but so much as this just this evangelical conservative culture that has thought, thought, you know, festered around Christianity. And even when I was religious, I always tried to distance myself yeah. from this kind of bullshit. You look like you want to say something. Let me just say that. Let me just jump off of that because I am, I knew this was going to come up at some point. Cause it's like, I am, I am a man of God. So it's like this movie, it deals with a lot of, you know, the, the church angle of Christmas, not necessarily the consumerism angle and I am just going to say, put this out there, is that even as a Christian, I hate Christian movies because <laughs> they they cannot act. They are over-exaggerated, blown out of proportions, and this movie is a perfect example of that. Exactly. Um, I'm curious, <laughs> have you ever watched any like old-school 90s Christian movies like The Buttercream Gang or Second Glance or anything like that? No, no. But the earliest I got into was like the first Left Behind movie. Oh, okay. Uh, so no, I haven't seen anything, anything from the nineties, so and what, what I'm you, not looking forward to it. So what are you trying to tell me? God's not dead is not cinema for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that uh, is an absolute masterpiece of cinema. It's like I mean, let's just go ahead and take a chain email and turn it into a movie. <laughs> That's literally what that is. It's chain email the movie. Yeah, man, I just, I don't know. Like, Christians, I as speaking as a Christian, like, I think we're really good at a lot of things, and we're really terrible at a lot of things, too. And making movies that are trying to, quote, witness to unsaved people is definitely one of our weakest areas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a former Christian, so I'm very familiar with this particular flavor of Christianity. I mean, here in rural Texas, I mean, the evangelical side of things is definitely has its roots in here. So, you know, but I think I have a, a, a unique perspective here. To, well, not unique per se, but different from yours. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. I grew up in a Christian household as well, but nothing like this. My parents were very like middle of the road politically. Um, even the church that my parents go to is very progressive, especially for a church of Christ. Yeah. Um, I've always loved the people there. I always loved the church and, and the, uh, and the members of that community. I knew a lot of really nice people, you know, preachers and pastors. I had a youth pastor who spoke at my graduation. who was the coolest dude. Uh, you know, uh, one of the, the elders did my parents remarriage. So, yeah. you know, like I, I grew up around a lot of, a lot of the better influences, but I, I've definitely seen this side of Christianity and, and <laughs> yeah, this, this is pretty much the type of Christianity that I grew up with more or less. Like, I mean, a little bit of a background on me. I am a Christian homeschool kid. So <laughs> one of those, yeah, I did the whole a Becca thing and all that stuff. I mean, I ended up hacking the, the computer program anyways and giving myself good grades, but yeah, nice. I mean, 
this is what I'm just saying is that this is all too familiar to me, you know, especially the really hyper patriotic flavor. So, I mean, it was no real surprise to me that something like the war on Christmas would rise from that. Yeah, it's an un- it, it is unfortunate. And like what's really uh, what really boggles my mind, too, is that like much like Christians are like so against like Halloween, but yet we we have trunk or treat. Uh, Christmas is also based on pagan roots. Definitely. And we need to address that because we say it as matter of factly every year that like, this is the time of year where Jesus was born and we celebrate all this. And it's like, uh, if you do your research, actually like most scholars believe that Jesus was born in somewhere in like summertime. Yeah, yeah which, that that's what I had heard yeah. as well. In fact, growing up in my household, despite us being a Christian household, we never celebrated Christmas as a Christian holiday. We never celebrated it as the birth of Christ. We always just celebrated it as, you know, the the, the Hallmark holiday kind of aspect of it. Now, and we went to church every other week now, of the year, too. On, on the flip side, for my family, like, this is a little tradition that my mom kind of passed down to uh, her grandkids was... Uh, they celebrate Jesus's birthday. Literally, make a cake and put a, a candle on there and sing "Happy Birthday to Jesus." Wow! So, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty harmless tradition, I yeah. think. You know, you know, it's it's harmless. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's just who, kind of where I'm coming from. There, you know. Who doesn't like cake, though? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's an excuse to just make more cake. You know, as if Christmas itself isn't a, an excuse to make a bunch of amazing sweets like <laughs> oh i i, I want to try a uh, vegan baking and candy making next year not right. this year but maybe next year you know but but anyway yeah this movie is interesting because the first thing that we really see is this fake uh footage from a vhs camera you know oh, and, wow. and it's supposed to be like just this uh all this uh, video of their son and uh, the girlfriend and everything. And he goes off to war and everything. It's like, you know, nothing wrong with that inherently. You know, if you serve your country, you did what you have to had to do, you know. But, I mean, it's just presented in a very schmaltzy way from the beginning. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Can I say something about this VHS footage real quick? Yeah. As a VHS collector, this seems like such an insult to me. It is. But it, it also, <laughs> I, I, I can't like completely like like poo poo on them because like this is this this movie came out like a few years before like the eighties nineties renaissance where like we're starting to see a lot of like nostalgia take foot and be grounded. So we're getting a lot of movies like censor and. Mandy and Willy's Wonderland that are yeah. starting to really embody these like old school, like uh, not necessarily horror, but like have that VHS aesthetic. Yeah. And I will say though, for as much as I did not like this movie, I will give them credit for actually showing his death in the end. I don't know if you're jumping into spoilers see, yet. But. See, yeah, we're, we're, that's something that I wanted to get into a little later because I think that that's the single most batshit insane part of the movie, <laughs> honestly. Oh, that was metal as fuck. Oh, it, it's, it's metal as all fuck. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you, you just straight up showed a goddamn 
soldier snuff film, which, I mean, if you go on Reddit and go on like r slash gunfights or something, you can see lots of uh, video of our troops uh, taking fire and shooting and whatnot and even getting shot, unfortunately. Well, you know, but it's like this is just so out left field because it's being used to over this war on Christmas. It's like. I mean, I understand the the propaganda angle that's being taken here. I mean, they're just trying to they're trying to make that connection. They're trying to tie the whole patriotism and you know the whole the whole militaristic thing to Christmas, you know, and it, they're trying to install that real authoritarian angle to it. You yeah, get what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know. You, you mentioned the the snuff film part earlier. I'm thinking, you know, well, that's that's not so far off from you know, like Patch of the Christ is basically torture porn for Christians. That's exactly what that is. That's pretty much the splatter movie. <laughs> hey, when I was growing up, I was like, man, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, and then right. the older the older I got, like the more like uh like there are certain things within it that like actually like, aren't biblical. Like yes, like the through line of Jesus dying and stuff like that is. 100% biblical, but then there are, like, things that, like, Gibson adds in for dramatic effect, and everyone's yeah. like, this happened! This is this is 100%. It's like, no, no, please do well, your research. The, the thing about that is that's tied to the particular sect of Catholicism that Bill Gibson ascribes uh, to, which... It, it's there especially, are a lot of Catholic undertones. It, it's, it's the especially kind of... 100%. Anti-Semitic like, flavor of Catholicism, if you catch my drift. and I mean, which, as we know, you know, Mel Gibson. <laughs> we all saw what that led to. But yeah, yeah but but he he was basing that yeah. off of not even the the biblical version of that story. That was oh sorry Ash, <laughs> I just totally hit Ash in the head with a DVD. <laughs> but it's actually based on something called the Passions of the Story of the Christ or something like that, and it was actually uh, these uh, visions from this nun cult named Anne Catherine Eimrich, mm, this German nun, okay. and it's more than likely was a bunch of bullshit it was made up more than likely but that that's kind of the weird little backstory to the passion of the christ you know and th that that would be an interesting I, th I think that would be an interesting christmas movie to do <laughs> one <laughs> year it's an easter movie man it's an easter movie i think we could call it a christmas movie as well maybe it's it's literally an easter movie it's about jesus dying on good friday and resurrecting on Easter Sunday. I don't know. Just it's just funny to me to think of a bunch of people just watching Christian torture porn around Christmas. You know, <laughs> that's just funny to me. That that's just the troll in me. You know. Look, even as a Christian, I watch I watch that stuff year round. Oh yeah, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Hell yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah. Oh man, you should see my fucking DVD collection here. Like, like yeah, I pulled out the aforementioned Inside. I have other movies like that. So. <laughs> but back to this movie, I mean, some of the arguments that it makes, you know, when it comes to the whole issue of, you know, Christmas and Christianity and schools, especially, it's just so wrong. Like, like for instance, we're at the scene right now where this, it, the, the kid's name is Christian, isn't it? Yeah. Christian Revere. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, the name of these characters. The, their, first of all, their last name is Revere. And the kid's name is, is Christian Revere. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did, did I not pay attention enough to this movie? Isn't it a train wreck that they just see? We just kind of gloss over the fact. 
Because I mean, wow, that's like that's like a little bit too on the nose right there. It's really on the nose. It's not even there's not even subtlety <laughs> involved there at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and you just once again, tying it back to the whole patriotism and Christmas thing, you know, so I mean, they're just trying to force that round pig into that square hole, you know, but but yeah, in, in this scene, apparently he gets in trouble for bringing his Bible to school, which no, no kid is going to get in trouble for that. That's the bottom yeah, line. I mean, for God's sake, they can't even stop kids from coming in with guns. Yeah, what makes you think they're going to keep him from bringing a Bible into school? Yeah, honestly, like, when, when that scene comes on and uh, I was like, oh, he brought his, like, dad's, like, knife or something to school. And then they were like, oh, no, it's a Bible. I was like, dude, like, seriously, like, I used to bring my Bible to school all the time. I, I used did to too. pray. Exactly, yeah. I, I used to pray at lunch, so it's like... Dude, like, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty normal part of high school these days, especially yeah. especially in rural towns like where where we're at. Everybody had one or two friends that 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 brought a Bible to school. You know, yeah. like that that's a normal thing. I brought a Bible to school a few times. Yeah, you could bring a Quran to school. You just can't. You know, the faculty just can't teach it and endorse it. Right, you know, they and just it, can't endorse. They can teach it in a in a educational setting, but not in a endorsement setting. You know. Yeah. yeah. It it would be one thing if he was like pulling it out in class or something, but he was just carrying it in his laptop and he pulled it out on lunch or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't happen. This movie has a giant persecution complex. That's all this movie oh. is. It's just. I, th that's what we mean when we say war on Christmas movie. This is literally that entire mentality. Yeah. It's like, we oh. can't say Christmas anymore. And it's like, yes, you can celebrate Christmas. Everybody does. What you're calling Christian traditions aren't even Christian traditions. They're pagan traditions. I will drink to that. Exactly. Exactly, man. I mean, that's like, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. The first time that I actually became aware of this movie was by way of the cinema snob. Because, I mean, he did an episode on this movie that is, like, absolutely hilarious. Like, and he actually goes into that. Like, he, like he shows, uh, he, at the time, he was living, like, a couple of blocks down from the capital in Illinois. And he, he was just like, look, it, it, it's literally, like, with a Christmas decoration on it, with a Christmas tree design. And also, he also brought up that, like, there, there's a moment where they're saying, like, nobody plays real Christmas music anymore. It's like... Every town has at least two radio stations playing that nonstop for like a full two weeks, like all the way leading up till after oh. New Year's Day. Oh, no, 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 no. See, here in Richmond, we have at least two stations that do it from Black Friday until December 26th. Like, oh. no joke. It, it's all the time. And if, you, if you're lucky, you can catch a few Christmas notes, uh, songs, sorry, in uh, rotation that'll start like the within the first couple of weeks of November. Uh -huh. So like this movie, I think I feel like the the biggest problem I have with this movie is that everything just feels apocalyptic and oh, like over exaggerated on just about every part. Yeah, it's just a ginormous mountain being made out of an incredibly tiny molehill. That's it, that's it, really what it boils down to. Is that not just such a perfect representation of <sighs> Excuse me. Bless you. Some of the arguments that we, we've heard online, I mean. <laughs> oh, tell me about it, man. I mean, honestly, I, I have my own way of kind of mitigating this whole war on Christmas thing, especially if somebody gets, 
you know, kind of uppity about, you know, the whole Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays thing. For me, it's very simple. I just say, how are you doing? How can I help you? And when I'm done, have a nice day. And if they say Merry Christmas to me, or they say Happy Holidays, or Happy Kwanzaa, or Happy Festivus, or what what the fuck ever, Blessed Yule, or whatever, I'm just say thank you. Same to you as well. It's yeah, like... like- I, don't, I used to work in, in retail and like I worked up till a couple years ago. I was also in food. So like I hated like December because like I never knew what to say because like in my like in my faith, like I'm I'm fairly outspoken. And but I'm also like the more like I've done research and like I've really like refined my like what I believe like. I am kind of wanting to not necessarily shove not my beliefs down your throat. If you don't celebrate Christmas, that's cool. Happy holidays encompasses everything. Exactly. That's, that's the way I feel. Like, you know, if I know you celebrate Christmas, I'll tell you Merry Christmas. If I don't know what you celebrate, I'm going to say happy holidays. If, if you tell me happy Hanukkah, I'm going to say it back to you. I hope you have a happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Be- because, you know, like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> and it's always a very particular type of person that gets really angry about this, you know, like the Tucker Carlson's of the world or the Sean Hannity's, you know? Yeah. And, and their followers and whatnot. It's, I mean, it goes all the way back literally to Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's fitting for him to be in this movie. It's like, he's pretty much the grandfather of all of this bullshit. He's he's the godfather of it. Is that, is, is that, is that sort of like uh, Donald Trump showing up and Ghost Can't Do It? Oh no! <laughs> like 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 this 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 whole movie just seems like your idea. Well, incidentally, this movie came out in 2016, which is which that was oh. when he was elected. So oh, this right here to me kind of has the a kernel of that particular type of Trumpism, you know. I, you can almost you can almost really make a straight line between the two, to tell the truth. Also, just want to throw this out there for listeners that this movie is streaming for free in its entirety on YouTube. Oh, I believe that. It's like, wow. God damn it! I, I spent two bucks on this. <laughs> I'm always spending my American money on these goddamn movies. God damn it! Damn it! You're right. I don't know. It was, it's kind of cool to have in the collection, though, and just be able to talk about it. Like, it is. I mean, then again, I have Old Fashioned right up there, and I despise that movie. Ooh, yeah. And by the way, Renegade Cut did an interesting episode on Christian romance movies that everybody should check out, and he goes into Old Fashioned. But I think what's interesting... Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Ash. I was going to say, uh, I think I just got, what I'm going to say is going to be slightly off topic, but I think what's interesting to dissect about this movie is that... This movie is both a Christian movie and a Lifetime movie in campus in one. And that's a rare thing in Christian movies. It really is. I mean, I kind of get what you're saying with the Lifetime feel. I mean, it's definitely not a Hallmark feel. Otherwise, it would actually be kind of happy-go-lucky. True. This movie straight up shows a guy dying, like, getting blown up. I, don't, I, I almost want to say that there's some moments where they really want to kind of go there, but it's just, they, they just don't have it in them to, you know, take it all the way. Uh, their, their whole thing is, it's time to make a stand. Yeah. Uh, well, 
So I, I say lifetime movie simply because of the way the production values look on this one. I get that 100%. It definitely feels like it production wise. <laughs> and I grew up watching lifetime. So I, I can accurately make that decision and that call. Oh man. I remember the era of television uh, movies. Like it, they, they pretty much have their own little flavor. And, and that's kind of what's cool about Hallmark and Lifetime is that they've kind of continued that tradition a little bit. Yeah. You know, even with the same production values and whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, this really does literally look like something you would see on TV. I mean, it, there's like no real cinematography to this at all. I mean, that, that, that's why we're not even commenting on that, because it's like, you know, what cinematography? It's, it's all very standard, you know? Kind of the same with old fashioned. It's just very unnotable. Just they just played it very safe. You played know? it safe and played it very straight. It's like okay, we get the shot, we get everybody in the shot. All right, let's go move on. You know that that that's basically the best way you can say about the actual production values as the cinematography is concerned. But the script, it's like oh my god, this script. Yo, so I I want to comment right there because I'm like look, looking over my notes and. I know you guys are watching this movie as we're recording. I'm so sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> but there's a scene early on where uh, the grandfather, what's what's like the main guy's name? Oh, something Revere. Bill it's not or Bob or something. Bill Revere. Bob, 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 Bob. Bob so there's, yeah, he's Bob. Yeah. There's a scene after Bob's son dies where he's in like his like garage and he's like, kind of like reflecting on like his son and he takes an American flag and covers his bike. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that bothered me so much. Oh man. It's, I mean, and, and and the the entire time he's just, it's just that voiceover. It's like, like he's so morose about everything. He's like, our freedoms are being stripped away. Christmas. I know. It's like lighten the fuck up, dude. I don't remember anyone telling me that freedom had to be fought for and defended. A man thinks different when it's his boy going into harm's way. He gave his life for his country. What are we doing? What are you doing? I've been sitting around here watching it disappear like everybody else. What makes me any different than the next guy? It just does nothing. I had been a coward, passive, and even selfish. I kept thinking about my son. Now was the time to honor his sacrifice. The mayor's bringing religion back to this little town. This is the hammer, Warren Hammersmith. Your mayor is not fully cognizant of the statues that pertain to the separation of church and state. Internet. We are having some major legal problems here. Well, I'm very tired of not standing up for what I believe in. You are breaking the law. Show me the law. Well, then you are violating the Constitution. That is a lie, and you know it. Council's made its decision. Mr. Mayor, is it true you're fired? I told you I'm behind you all the way. The drama just continues to unfold here. Someone gets hurt. We can't be silent anymore. The silence has to stop today. We fight for freedom. This is freedom. 
it really kind of goes into the overall premise of this movie that is another outrageous th claim that it makes is that nobody is literally celebrating Christmas. And in this universe, like, the, Christian Grey, he doesn't even know what Christmas is. It's like, what the hell, dude? Okay. See, that's where, that's where I, uh, sorry to cut you off. That's where I'm, like, talking about with, like, Christians, like, over-exaggerating, like, responses to everything because, like, quite literally, like, I have so many friends that are atheists or uh, agnostic or just, you know, believe that some of them are, are Buddhist or some of them are Jewish, like, many different faiths, many different denominations, and many believe many different gods or don't believe at all that celebrate Christmas. Like, yeah, Christmas is not a Christian-exclusive holiday. Like, yes... Christians, like, to an extent, we, I don't say we claim it, but I don't feel like, I don't know any other way to say it, but, like, we use it as a tool to talk about the birth of Jesus and yeah. kind of, like, re reinvigorate the, the Christmas story, um, and, you know, it's the one time of year we seem to be openly talking about faith, but... Everyone celebrates Christmas, regardless of what you believe. It seems like, at least. It's a very non-denominational holiday, and what this movie is weird is that the universe this film takes place in, apparently non-denominational celebrations of Christmas just, just don't exist. I mean, take the school play, for instance, which is literally the nativity story, but replaced with aliens. You couldn't Thank do you. any hey, other hey, Christmas hey, hey, story? You, you, you call it the Christmas, the, the winter space odyssey, like it is supposed to be. That Actually, is a, that would have been fucking awesome. That is a winter space odyssey, and I want to make that happen. That is a brilliant idea. I want to see it. I want to make that happen. That would be amazing to put on a production with like just make it make a script and everything <laughs> yes. that would be so incredible <laughs> uh dude like the first time like I, I was watching this i had to like actually rewind it i was like this is literally the nativity scene like why is this like such a big deal if everyone in this universe is against it because you literally just changed names and places it's the same exact freaking story yes yeah, it shouldn't even matter. And it's like, hey, why not kind of take an old story and give a new, like, angle to it? Like, why not? Oh, shit. Here's the hammer. Oh, no, the hammer. That's right. Fred Williamson <laughs> is in this movie. <laughs> and he is literally called the hammer in this movie. It's like they got goddamn shaft in this movie. But, but it's funny because he plays a character that's just apparently so ruthlessly trying to get rid of Christianity. And like, that's just, that's a unicorn. It's a fictional beast. It doesn't exist. I, you know, I, the main, the main uh, conflict in this movie actually comes between, you know, uh, the mayor of the town, Bob, wanting to put up Christmas and, and like nativity decorations and, 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 whatnot in front of, you know, what is actual city property. And, that I'm kind of like on the side of, I'm like, dude, like, yeah, you're in a public position. You probably shouldn't, you know, display public, uh, offices, yeah, you know, yeah, with you your faith, you know, keep that yeah. at home. But at the same time, you know, like, look at the ba fucking Bandera courthouse, they have a nativity scene put up. Yeah, exactly. And, and Christmas trees and, and Christmas related decorations would never be a problem. Of course not. No, the funniest thing about that is, is that they have a nativity scene, a bunch of cowboys and steers and Christmas trees all over the place. Ma That's make amazing. of that what you will. I I, I don't know. It's <laughs> absolutely batshit. 
But yeah, uh, and m- might I also bring up the fact that not only is Bob the mayor of this town, he's also somehow the pharmacist. <laughs> How does oh, that there's work? A, there's a point in the movie where uh, when Fred Williamson's character is first introduced and he's like, uh, he's calling, he's like, all right, I need to speak to the mayor. He's like, oh, well, he's out. He's at his other job right now. He's like, all right, well, give me the deputy mayor. He's like, we can barely afford our part-time mayor. I think it's just <laughs> trying to emphasize the fact that this is like a very small town. It doesn't even feel like that small of a town, though. I mean, it, it, it feels no. like a very middle, middle-sized town, honestly, kind of mid-sized. Yeah, like a, a nice, like, Midwestern, like, not quite small town, but like not quite large city. Like it feels like that nice, like common ground. Yeah. It, hey, it's big enough to have uh, local biker gangs doing criminal stuff, apparently. Well, and, and see you Bro. and I, Bo, like we know, like we live in a, we live in a small town. Okay. Uh-huh. And we also live only about 20 or odd so miles from the seventh largest city in the U S. So, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, this we movie, talk about I mean, the biker gang. Yeah, let's talk about that biker <laughs> game because that is the most out of left field thing ever. Like, first of all, what's with the little person as the leader? Was it was that just to have a little person and that's it? So, dude, like I, I was thinking the same thing because like when when they uh when they like came into the pharmacy and you're like you're introduced to Bob, he's like, all right, like he's all right. So my my first thought was in in his grief, he's now turned to some pretty shady stuff. Yeah. And then he's like kind of like, you know, talking like uh talking to this like biker gang, like fathers disciplined their their offspring on like 80s and 90s like sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> that that makes <laughs> no sense. Like, okay. And then like later on there's a scene where they're all in the the bar and uh they're showing the TV and he's just like the the leader of the gang's like everyone quiet down. <laughs> the mayor's on TV. It's like, yeah, what is this link between the mayor and the local biker gang? I mean, obviously they're doing something criminal. I mean, th- they initially go to the pharmacy because one of their members was shot. <laughs> tried yeah, to say I that he shot himself. It's like he tried to say he shot himself and it's like, no, he didn't sh- shoot himself. There's no way. I would love to hear like the like love to see like the story that led up to that moment. And like, because you're, you're absolutely right. Like there's no way that someone's just like accidentally like shoots themselves like that. No, I mean, it, it can happen, but not in the area where he had it, man. Like usually it's common if somebody shoots themselves, it's in their, in their leg or in their foot, usually, usually by a holstering or whatnot. But yeah, they were doing some shady shit and he just patched them up and just left them on their way. And then this is the mayor of this town. Yeah. It's like, and, and there's like, what, one cop in this town? Like, and, and that's the, that's Rusty Joyner. Oh, yeah, who wants to bang his best friend, his dead best friend's wife. Yeah, it's like, it's like I was just kind of expecting in the uh, the snuff film part, he was just like, bro, don't do it, bro. You better not, bro. Don't you even think about it, bro. Don't you even fucking think about it. <laughs> It's like, you better, it's like, oh, and by the way, you better not be boning my wife, John. You better not. <laughs> you just better not. Don't even think about doing it. <laughs> Coming back from beyond the grave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I was kind of expecting that to happen. But 
Yeah, I mean, this leads to some other interesting moments in this movie. Like, I love that scene where, you know, he's putting up the Christmas tree and everything, and there's all those protesters, and Fred Williamson is just standing there just smoking a cigar, just like, <laughs> like looking like, motherfucker. He's like, like straight up. Like, I, I was waiting for him to drop an F-bomb in this movie. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm so sad that Fred Williamson found himself in this movie. But there's, like, this, like, weird, like, trend that happened in, like, the early 2000s where, like, really respected actors from, like, the 70s, 80s, 90s, or, like, even, like, cult actors somehow found themselves in these, like, direct-to-video films like this movie. Especially Christian movies. Like, like for instance, in the God's Not Dead movies. I mean, you have Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo, and yeah. And, and yeah. also in the second movie, you had uh, Homeboy from Twin Peaks, and you also had Ernie Hudson. You had you had goddamn goddamn Winston in that fucking movie. He was the judge. It's like, and uh, who was in the third movie? I don't remember. I don't think they Melissa had Melissa any... Joan Hart. Oh yeah, and Melissa Joan Hart exactly. <laughs> Her as well. But you know, that that's a dumb movie in its own right. <laughs> in, in in their defense, like I know I I'm pretty sure Melissa Joan Hart is. I mean. And I know Kevin Sorbo is definitely, but like some of those actors like actually are like people of faith. Yeah. So like they are not only tending to their demographics, but staying in line with their own convictions. Well, if you go and look at what Kevin Sorbo likes to tweet most of the time, it's like y'all, y'all, y'all realize he made an Antifa movie, an anti-Antifa movie. Really? <laughs> he did. It's called The Reliant. It's like all like gun control and whatnot, and like I'm a crisis actor and what. It's like what the hell is oh, going on here? Oh God! It's like did not know that. Yeah, it, it it came out and yeah, he's totally the lead. I, I heard that he doesn't live very long in that movie, but we, we gotta fucking see it. Man. Okay, yeah, we, that's something we have got to see. But what I mean, was that Gene Roddenberry series he was in that was that was made like posthumously? Oh, it was a sci-fi series. Oh, um, I forget. Yeah, I forget what it was called. I forget what that what that was called. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what is Fred Williamson doing in this movie, and and the the actor who plays Bob himself, he was in Roadhouse. Really? Yeah, he was in Roadhouse. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now we're here we're we're here at the scene where the kids are coming together to make their operation Christmas and the best part of that is that they immediately try to change the name. <laughs> they try to take Christmas out of their Christmas operation. It's like so beautiful. It's beautifully Honestly, ironic. Out of all the names that are in that scene, Operation Sabotage feels the most appropriate. Yeah. Because like and they're just like, oh, yeah, Operation Christmas. Like, it's just like, no, that that not only feels too cheesy, but also too on the nose, whereas Operation Sabotage both sounds like ominous and like fitting for what you're doing. And they could have played the Beastie Boys over it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Beastie Boys makes anything better. If they would have played that in this movie, this movie would have been top notch. Hey, man, that's that's why Star Trek Beyond was so memorable for me. Just that that Beastie Boys. Just using using <laughs> sabotage. sabotage Hell yeah. yeah, man. And they Hell actually yeah. used it in plot. That was great, man. That was great. Now, I have to say, there's, there's this weird relationship between Christian and this girl. Like, what? who's this girl? Uh, oh, she... So she is the uh, daughter, or she's like a neighborhood friend, but the actress who plays her, she was in Dickie Roberts, if you remember that, Jim. Oh, no shit, really? 
Dickie yes. Roberts. Oh, uh, no Jenna kidding. Boyd. Yeah, yeah. I but I have to say the the way that she's presented, she's like the the coolest bro in this entire movie. <laughs> she's a total bro. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I so, mean, she, why? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say like while you're on the subject of the play, we gotta talk about the drama teacher, man. Oh yeah, that drama teacher. <laughs> so pretentious. He thinks that, like, first of all, the it's like, dude, you're in a high school play. You're, you're you're directing a high school play. You are a theater teacher. But the this best, isn't fucking Broadway. The man. best thing is though, is that's not even his script. It's the principal's script. Oh yeah, the principal <laughs> is the one who wrote the damn thing. And yeah, Which, he's this. He's just this very stereotypical, like, like failed Broadway actor slash director. And I mean, of course he's coded gay. Of course, you know, he's effeminate and whatnot. Exactly. See, he's, he's, he's the despicable villain that they get to lock in the closet at the end. You see what they're doing here? Uh -huh. it's, all, it's all manipulation. Yeah. yeah no <laughs> Which kidding. Seems, it's very weird to me that they, they made that character choice on like how liberal this movie feels. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I get my liberals and conservatives, my viewpoints mixed up. So I'm not <laughs> political by any means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here, we're now at this scene where he's riding with this uh, this chuckle fuck, I guess we'll call him. We'll call him Bob Bum Chuckle Fuck. <laughs> and they're talking about how there is no real Christmas music being played. And, you know, we went over that earlier, but I happen to work retail and I'm just like, I'm fine with no Christmas music. <laughs> I, and I love this holiday. I actually really love Christmas. I'm not like a Scrooge or anything, but I will totally just, you know, I'll, I'll have some apprehension towards listening to Christmas music. I like some Christmas music, you know, some of the, some oh, of the classics. How, how like many times are you going to make the same <laughs> 10 fucking songs? I know. I mean, it's kind of part of the season. If you just, you know, play those one time a year, we're, I'm cool we're even it. getting to the point where now there's other people doing all I want for Christmas is you. It's like, no, make it stop. I don't no. know. Uh, My Chemical Romance did a cover of it, and it was actually oh. pretty, pretty badass. My Chemical Wait, did Romance. they really? Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I was never a My Chemical Romance fan. I was. I'm, MCR was, is my favorite band to this day. So I, 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 I'm more. That's what I grew up with, man. I, I'm more of a hardcore and metal kid. So, <laughs> I mean, I I kind of am too. But to your point, yeah, like I, the older I get, I feel like the more I identify with Scrooge this time of year. Uh huh. And it's not because I necessarily hate the holidays. It's just like the the traditions and like the expectations that come with those traditions kind of just become tiresome. I can see that. I mean, I don't know why I've never really approached the holiday like that. I mean, I'm one of those atheists that does celebrate Christmas. I, I actually really enjoy it. And especially since, you know, my siblings have had children. Like, I mean, yeah. it's kind of made Christmas a little more fun, of course, you know, yeah, because I mean, it's, it's I, more I do, for them, you know, it's for the kids and everything. But I do Christmas, you know, my yeah. my daughter is really excited about Christmas. Like I said, oh, I'm sure she is. My family always just celebrated it as a non-denominational holiday, you know, to be honest, despite the fact that, you know, we were Christian. So that's just kind of how I've always approached it. And it's at that time of year that, you know, you, you give presents to your, to your family and you, you get uh -huh. kind of a family gathering and it's an excuse for us to actually kind of have a few people under one roof. 
which you know given over the last couple of years we we haven't done a whole lot of that obviously so yeah i mean the pandemic has kind of thrown that into into what i don't know what the word is throwing it into the shitter a little bit <laughs> but i don't know i mean we normally have some pretty fun christmases honestly but apparently not in this universe there's just no christmas being celebrated anywhere apparently yeah yeah but anyway i think that we've probably gotten into most everything about this movie Oh, let, let me point out the fact that this is a Chuck Norris approved movie. <laughs> Are, please tell me you're joking. No, it says so right here on the on the back of the DVD. <laughs> it's Chuck Norris approved. Absolutely. It even has the it even has a, a, a silhouette of him with the cowboy hat and the beard and everything. Man, you know, <laughs> I used to I used to I used to do all the Chuck Norris jokes, but uh, yeah. I don't know. After seeing him get his ass kicked by Bruce Lee, and he's also kind of a kind of a homophobic prick as well. Yeah. He's he's kind of, he's kind of a fascist prick. I've heard so, that. Yeah, like 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 he's he's almost like on like Ted Nugent level, except not a pedo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Ted Nugent is a pedo, ladies and gentlemen. Let 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 that sink in. But. Yeah, Chuck Norris approved. It has Fred Williamson in it. And goddamn, this movie sucks. Right, guys? Oh, 100%. This isn't the, necessarily the worst movie I've seen this year, but it's it's high on that list. Yeah. I, I think the biggest crime that it really commits is that it, at its core, it's kind of boring. Yeah. It, it it's very boring propaganda. I mean, and I mean, at least God's Not Dead was entertaining. It, yeah, it held yeah. your interest. It was ambitious in its cinematography, somewhat. And then it had the newsboys at the end, which is just <laughs> the cherry on top. It's like that is absolutely one of the greatest cheesiest Christian bands ever. But but I gotta agree, this one's just boring. It plays it safe in so many aspects, and the rest of it is just straw man propagandist yeah. bullshit yeah <laughs> definitely josh I, josh what are your what are your thoughts on this movie your final so I, thoughts I, I think what what this movie does really wrong is i can respect a lot of the values that it tries to instill into its viewers but it comes across way too preachy and way too over exaggerated to the point of like ash said like it's it becomes like boring like I really and like honestly, like I was constantly checking my my phone on like how much longer do I have left on this movie? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it moves at a glacial pace in times. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're just like, wait, how long are we into this movie? It's like we were only 15 minutes into this movie. What? By the, by the way, what what was the worst movie you watched this year? Because now now I'm curious. All right. You, you had to have that something in mind when you said that. <laughs> I, I dude. All right. So since this is a movie that came out of 20 out outside of this year, I will go to the worst movie I've seen this year that, uh, that, and speaking of lifetime, uh, is a, is a 2002 movie. I don't know if it's direct to video, but it's called Hobbs end. And it is what would happen if lifetime was able to make misery. Oh, it is no. absolutely miserable. Oh, oh God, no! <laughs> a lifetime version of misery. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the worst thing that we watched 
this year was probably Double Down, which we just watched. Yeah, Double Down was... Or Bolero. What do you think was worse? No, Bolero was more excruciating. You're right. No, Bolero was worse. Oh, God, I just remembered. Okay. No, I I wish we could unremember that movie. (laughs) And I have that up there, and I spent $20 on it, and I'm so angry about that. I'm so sorry. This this is why you, you should go to renting... Or yeah. look on to online uh, but, you purchases know, before physical. I, I, I'm a glutton for collecting bad movies. I mean, I don't know. It's it's an addiction, man. That's he fair. has a collection going on now. Me, I'm not a physical media guy. I'm definitely a digital guy. I look for where I where can I stream this. If I can't stream it for free somewhere, what? How much can I rent it for? You know, whether that's on Apple or on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, in the end, I at least with this movie, I only spent a couple of bucks. Yeah, and it, it's fun to have in your collection. It's 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 one of those movies that it's. I mean, if you really have nothing else to do, I guess these are, this will be my final thoughts here. But you know, if it's the holiday season and you're high and you've got nothing better to do, you could put it on as background noise and laugh at it every few minutes or something you know like <laughs> yeah just yeah it's such a caricature of, of just that entire culture but at the same time like i know people that are exactly like this so oh yeah i'm already <laughs> kind of going on the local facebook groups and just kind of spreading a bunch of you know war on christmas memes they're just like you know yeah that's right we're fighting the war on christmas hell yeah <laughs> but yeah, this movie is is not entertaining. It's beyond you know that that I guess s- s- small value. It's just uh, it, it's got propaganda all over it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much else there is to say. I mean, I, I I feel like we've been beating ourselves over the heads lately. December's a bad movie month. I just did Superman sixty four on Collateral Gaming. I'm it, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I, I just feel like, like, what am I, what are we doing to ourselves? Well, it's going to get better. We're going to do the Collateral Cinema Director's Cut Christmas episode, and that's going to be focused exclusively on the cinema snob. And we're also yeah. going to review his movie, Jesus Bro, which we're Jesus going to, bro. which we are going to at least rent that movie. Like, I, I do want to give Brad, you know, money for that. Cause, yeah, give him, yeah, give he, him your money. Yeah, I mean, they, they put a lot of money and a lot of time into making that. So, you know, it's only fair, of course. You know, this movie I do kind of wish we could have just fucking streamed for free. Yeah, I mean, next time I think that I'm going to take that advice, you know. Probably a good idea. Yeah, but I guess with my final thoughts is somebody needs to make the Winter Space Odyssey a thing. 100%. (laughs) Somebody needs to make that a actual high school thing because it would be the funniest thing ever to me. Just don't show a soldier snuff film at the end you know yeah there are a few things that like this movie does that just kind of catch you off surprise where i'm just like uh and that's that's kind of why i say that like this movie does have some entertainment value because you look at things like the biker gang like the ridiculous character decisions um uh the uh, like the the characters of like the teachers, but also like the the ending with with this with his fa- father's uh, like bombing video. Like there are just these like random moments that just kind of catch you off guard, and you're like, okay. But then like you get to the through, like the rest of the movie, and you're just like, man, like is this thing almost over yet? Please be done. 
Yeah. This movie never ends. No, it and doesn't. That's what it feels like. And like you said, Josh, you know, it, it, it's it's entertaining at certain parts, but the movie just drags on so much at others that it, it's, it, it barely even holds that value. But, I mean, I've had fun riffing on it at least. How about you guys? Oh, man. I mean. Yes. This movie is definitely worth, you know, at least checking out, you know, reviews on it first, you know, like, I, of course, I reckon I uh, recommend the Cinema Snob episode, of course, but also, you know, look up some other reviews before you watch this, you know, just see if this is your cup of tea. But otherwise, I mean, would I recommend this movie? No, not at all. Like emphatically, no, I would recommend Double Down just for, you know, it's value of being a Neil Breen movie of it being a Neil Breen movie you know yeah. but even that's a pretty excruciating movie <laughs> and he actually kind of gets better over time while still being Neil Breen yeah how does that work I don't know I don't know like I, I just know that Fateful Findings is far more entertaining than Double Down somehow but, yeah we're doing Double Down this month or maybe that's already out by the time this is out it, it'll be out by the time that this is out and and what else uh Bolero should be out already. Bolero, too. yeah, we yeah, which we, we did, did that. with shocked and applaud. Shocked and applaud, and yeah, oh that movie, oh, oh no, oh the. I still think they really need to give that fourteen-year-old a fucking bathroom. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, it's that kind of movie. <laughs> but I'm Mr. So Captain Nostalgia, where can our listeners find victims and villains? Yeah, so you guys can uh, find us right now. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, all under Victims and Villains. Um, you guys can right now can go to victimsandvillains.net where you guys can find uh, podcasts, movie reviews, uh, become a Patreon, and, mental, and our mental health resource library. And I'm just going to plug this anyways. If you guys are a filmmaker, we are doing our first ever film festival right now. You guys can go to filmfreeway.com forward slash horrific hope film festival where we're going to be doing horror centric mental health focused April 29th and 30th, 2022. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. We had a movie that, you know, Robert produced and everything that was on the uh, little mini uh, film festival that you had on the last awareness of on Halloween. So uh, that was interesting. Yeah, you did the when we did the horrific hope. Yeah, yeah, we had Killing Night out. Yeah, yes, you did. It was an interesting, interesting film, and it was actually a lot better than I remember it. We, we all worked on that actually. In some, it's mostly Robert's film, but we all kind of put our yeah. put our hands in that. And, and we I, are we are currently in production in a movie that Robert wrote and is produced and is acting in Texas Sundown. Texas Sundown. And yeah. by the way, I'm the co-stars. You know, the second second lead of the upcoming short film. Yeah, Texas Sundown. So you know, yeah. So check that out. So you know, just just watch about. The way you talk to me, okay? That's the way you talk to <laughs> right me. Right on. I'm still waiting on that. You yeah, are? yeah. We'll, we'll, we're definitely going to have it out very soon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anywho, uh, yeah. What's up with Collateral Gaming? Collateral Gosh. Gaming just got out our episode on Superman 64. This month, we're going to be combining our uh, our anniversary and holiday specials for a two part look on Zelda Twilight Princess. So I'm glad to really talk about a, a good game. Might even make December a Zelda month, to be honest, because, you know, Zelda games tend to come out during the holiday season, and we are doing a Zelda game once every season at this point. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. But yeah, we're going to talk about Twilight Princess. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's my co-host Megan's favorite Zelda game. It's, it's, one, it's up there on my top five list. 
Um, and then we'll be coming back in January with uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. That's right. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that one, too. I love the Mario and Luigi RPG series. It's a good spinoff. And just recently, I got you started on playing Final Fantasy VII, right? Yeah, yeah. At some point, we'll do a Final Fantasy VII plus Final Fantasy VII remake uh, review. Yeah, and, and I'm like going to be that. on that because, like, I'm pretty much, like, an, practically an expert on Final Fantasy VII, practically, you know? I, I, I know that game like the back of my hand, so... Like I mean, it, it'll be a lot. It's it'll be a lot of fun, you know, going back and playing through it, and you know, like especially seeing somebody who hasn't actually seen this game or played it, like play through it. It's it's really interesting. Like I mean, I I actually wanted to maybe even live stream some gameplay, but like yeah. I don't know how we could do that. Well, Josh, I know Megan had mentioned this to you before. Maybe we'll talk about it after the show. But okay. um, I know, yeah, she had a she had an idea. F- uh, wanting to see if you know you guys wanted to have some involvement in our episode on hellblade which is kind of a uh mental health focused game but what is uh, it what what game is it hellblade cinema sacrifice it actually just got a sequel announced hellblade 2 nice oh we we talk about it after after we get done but more than likely yeah yeah oh yeah hell yeah but anyway uh in january what's coming up with collateral cinema with Collateral Cinema, we are going to be getting into some 90s movies, I believe. That's right. It's a couple movies that uh, Robert picked. The first one is going to be Last Action Hero. You know, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be our first real Schwarzenegger film. Hell yeah. And the other one is a 90s television movie called Born to Run which is going to be really interesting. Those are both of Robert's picks, aren't they? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm going to say they're not necessarily 90s movies. They're just more like action movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that'll be fun. And, hey, man, if we ever do a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. We should reach out. <laughs> That's not praise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Didn't you just watch Vampire's Kiss recently? I did. I, I watched it for personal. We covered it uh, uh, about a year ago. Nice. Um. And, man, that movie is something else, I'll tell you what. I'm still trying to find it, man. I can't find that anywhere. Dollar Tree, dude. Dollar that's Tree? That's I copy, yeah. Seriously? I'm going to have to go look for it. If it's that simple to find. I mean, yeah, yeah. fuck it. But, yeah, that's what's coming up in January and in February. That's going to be our anime month. You know, yeah, Cowboy Bebop right. the movie and Princess Mononoke with the Retro Anime Podcast. And, yeah, that's what's going to be coming up after the first of the year. Uh, we do hope that everybody has a happy and safe holiday season, Christmas season, or whatever, whatever you celebrate. And stay tuned for our collaboration on the victims and villains side when we yeah. talk about Animatrix. With the Animatrix, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I remember when I first got the Animatrix, man. Like That was a really, really cool <sighs> little... I watched a, a couple of the shorts several years ago. I don't remember, but... <laughs> Honestly, you need to just watch all of them. It's top-notch animation. Yeah, I love The Matrix, the original film. Yeah. So, But I, is there anything else that anybody wants to add before we go? Nope, we're good. All right, then. I'm Bo Maddox. I've been Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Josh Berkey. And this was Collateral Cinema with Victims and Villains. Have a happy holiday season and 
I mean, I guess Christmas greetings or something. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Good, good night, everybody. Don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. No. <laughs> Laters. What would you do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? What would you do if asked to make the ultimate sacrifice? Would you think about all them people who gave up everything they had? Would you think about all them wounds and would you start to free Freedom isn't free. It costs folks like you and me. Cinema is a collateral media podcast. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.